Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We've been discussing the recreated human spirit. Been talking about it. I don't know about you, but I'm learning a lot. I'm growing in it. An awful lot. A lot of revelation knowledge being imparted into my spirit. As a matter of fact, I'll say it like this. My spirit is being enlarged to receive revelation knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability in all things that pertain to life and godliness. How about yours? Amen? Enlarged. It's not a mental thing. It's a spiritual thing. And my spirit, man, is being enlarged. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'll say that much. Well, we've come to know that the development of our human spirit is a daily process. And it involves faith in certain spiritual exercises. One scripture that we use quite often here, 2 Corinthians 4.16, that tells us that though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Daily process. Actually, if you stop to think about it, now we can understand why Paul said that bodily exercise profited little. Or for a little while. Really, it's a bad translation. Bodily exercise profited for a little while. But godliness is profitable unto all things. And the reason why I'm saying that is because he meant the little while that we're going to be in this body if we do bodily exercise, it profits us. But we're not going to be in this body for but a little while. We're not going to be in this body forever. You see? Because the outward man is perishing. But you see, we're going to develop spiritual things. And that's why he said godliness is profitable unto all things. Because that spiritual exercise is going to be eternal. The things that are seen, the physical body is temporal. But the things that are not seen, they are eternal. And so you see, bodily exercise profits little. Because the outward man is perishing. But the inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. Spiritual things are forever. They are eternal. Amen. Amen. Well, let me give an example. We use another scripture. That was 2 Corinthians 3.18. Just stay in Colossians. We're going to get there in a minute. And it, it says, While we look in the mirror, behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, actually, that's a revelation to you and me concerning our dividends. You know, if you put a lot of time and effort into exercise, bodily exercise, you're going to gain some dividends. But if you put a lot of exercise in spiritual things, you're going to gain some dividends also. And we see here what those dividends are. If we will carry out in our own personal lives these spiritual exercises, these certain ones that I'm going to reveal to you this evening, then we know that we will reap these rich dividends. We will be changed from glory to glory into the same image. What image? 
Well, in that chapter, he's talking about the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Father, the glory of righteousness. He's talking about when Moses came down from the mountain, they couldn't behold his face because of the glory that shone from his face. And he says, but we all with open face. In other words, Moses had a veil over his face because of the glory, but the veil is not over Jesus' face. You see, the veil's been removed. We've got the Word. That's the glory of God. The Word is Jesus. Jesus and the Word are one. We with open face, we look right into the face of the glory of our God. And through these spiritual exercises, day by day, daily exercises, we actually are changed into the same image that we look into. Let me give an example. Do we have any bodybuilders here tonight? Any bodybuilders? Any weightlifters? <laughs> well, there's a difference. So, you know, you can lift for heavy weight, but you can also lift for, for bodybuilding. You can be a bodybuilder. Well, sometimes a person might just get maybe cut out a picture of one of the, you know, great bodybuilders of our day and put it up on a wall in his exercise room. And he goes into his room and he, he looks at that picture and he says, boy, I like to be developed just like that man right there, Mr. Universe. I mean, every muscle is developed in his body. And so he keeps that picture there and he begins to exercise. He begins to practice, exercise, lift the weights. Oh, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of diligence. It takes a lot of steadfastness. It takes a right mental attitude but he hangs in there day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. And slowly but surely, gradually, his muscles begin to develop and take form. And sooner or later, it may be years, but I don't know how long it will take, but finally he actually gets to looking like that picture and you never know, he may even just go, go ahead and supersede that, surpass that individual in his efforts, in his endeavors, because he was diligent in his practice. But you see, that was incentive for him. He saw that picture. He saw what he looked like. And it gave him incentive. And he began to develop. And he began to grow. And uh, consequently, he was changed. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the express image of the person of God. You remember that? Hebrews 1.3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Now, Jesus and the Word are one. And this scripture in 2 Corinthians 3.18 is revealing to us that when we look into the Word as we behold in a, as in a glass or as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Jesus is the glory of the Lord. I look at my superhero. I see him casting out devils. I see him raising the dead. I see the power and authority in His Word. I see Him loving the little children. I see Him feeding the people. I see Him having compassion on the sick. I see the wonders He performs. And I stand back in awe and I say, that's my hero. I see this image. I see the glory of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ. I look into it, and I say, that's me. I'm going to walk just like he walked. I'm going to do the things that he did. Didn't he say in his word that if we believe on him, the works that he does shall we do also, and greater works than he shall we do because he's going to the Father? Didn't he say to Philip, 
If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, we don't put up a picture of a weightlifter, a bodybuilder. We put up an image, the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And actually, it's the Father's image that we look into through the person of Jesus Christ. And we see that that's the loving Father. And as I behold that image as in a mirror, it takes diligence, it takes work, it takes steadfastness, it takes a right mental attitude. But bless God, if I will continue my look in that image, at that image, if I continue my steadfast look at that image, I am guaranteed by the Father that I will be changed from glory to glory into that same image. What image might that be? It's the image of the glory of the Lord. It's the same image that Jesus portrayed in His earth walk of the Father. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says that we've been predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son. To the image of His Son. If there's anybody I want to look like, if there's anybody I want to talk like, if there's anybody I want to act like, it's Jesus. How about you? You see, but it takes a right diet. The weightlifter knows that. The bodybuilder knows that. It takes a good diet. But you see, it's the same way in the spiritual realm. It takes a right diet. We've got to know how this works. We've got to flow with the program. We've got to live our Christian walk in such a way that the Spirit of God can do this for us. We've got to know how to keep a steadfast look in the Word, at that image, in the mirror, until we are changed. See, that metamorphosis will take place if we continue. Remember Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? And you shall know the truth if you continue in it. And that's why he kept saying to his disciples, if you continue, if you abide, that word abide means continue. If you continue in my love, if you continue in my word, if you continue in me, then shall you bear much fruit. If you continue, if you abide, if you remain. And over there in Corinthians, it says, 2 Corinthians 4.18 while we look not at the things seen, but the things not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So instead of looking at my body, I look at my spirit. I find out the ingredients that should be going into that human spirit. I find out what it's made up of. I find out, the, I find out what the forces of the recreated human spirit are. I steadfastly look at those forces and feed them into my innermost being. And the Spirit of God changes me through the process of metamorphosis. Slowly but surely, I am changed into His image. Now, this tells us how. Colossians 3, 9 and 10. And if we didn't get to this point, it wouldn't do us much good to know all about this teaching. You've got to know how. If I don't know how, it's not going to do me any good. But here He tells us how. In the ninth verse, third chapter, Colossians. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds... And have put on the new man, which is renewed. See that word renewed? The inward man is renewed day by day. But now he tells us how it's renewed. And it says here that it is renewed in knowledge. Circle those words, in knowledge. In knowledge. Now the word that's used there is in the Greek epigonosis. And it means full, complete, Precise, exact knowledge. This is not referring to the knowledge that enters our brain through the five physical senses. It's not referring to intellectual knowledge. This is referring to, this kind of knowledge is referring to spiritual knowledge. 
spiritual knowledge. Knowledge that has gained access through the human spirit, to the human spirit, through spiritual exercises, which we're going to get into. But the inward man is renewed day by day, and this inward man is renewed in knowledge. Exact knowledge. Now, notice the next part of this. In knowledge, after the image, after the image. Now, note this. This is rich. This inward man must be renewed day by day. As he is being renewed, he is being changed from glory to glory. After or in the image of God, we are conformed, we are predestinated to be, predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus. And here we see that this inward man, this hidden man of the heart, this recreated human spirit, is renewed after knowledge. In knowledge, after the image. See, if I don't know the image of Christ, He is the express image of the Father. If I don't have that image of Him, then that image will not be developed in me. I am recreated in Christ and predestined to be conformed to His image. But before I could be conformed to that image, I must have that image. I must have a picture of that image that I could see, and it's found in His Word. Jesus and the Word are one. Now, notice the latter part of this. It's renewed in knowledge after the image of Him that created Him. What's He talking about? This inward man is renewed after the image, in knowledge, after the image of Him that created Him. That's God. God created this human spirit. That human spirit died, was separated from God, and it began to be conformed to the image of its illegitimate stepfather, the devil. And man then began to express the life of Satan in the earth, and still does it in the hearts of those that are unregenerate. And the more they looked into that image of demonic force, the more man became like the devil. Isn't that right? And the Bible even says that as time goes on, the wicked will grow worse and darkness will grow darker and darker and darker. Why? Because they're being more highly developed in that image. That demonic, devilish image. But you see, we steadfastly behold the glory of the Lord. And the Father that created this human spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ, has recreated the human spirit. And in the recreation, He recreated it after His righteousness. Ephesians 4.24 says that the new man is recreated after the same righteousness of God. So you see, God the Father recreated the spirit of man in His own image again. In his own likeness, again. Jesus was the exact image of the Father. We are conforming to that image. It's a daily process, though. Day by day. What rich dividends. 
it pays. That every day I know I'm getting more like Him. Every day I actually know that the process is working in me and I'm actually looking more like Jesus in my words, in my speaking, in my attitude, in all that I do, in my walk. Because I'm steadfastly beholding the glory of the Lord. Now that's the way it works. But if we get a bad image of Jesus, if we get a bad image of the Father, we won't be changed into that glorious image. He can't do it. He can't change us that way because we're predestinated or predestined to be conformed to His image. Not a misconceived idea of His image. And that's why it's important we have the exact knowledge. That word is important. That's exact knowledge. The exact knowledge of God. As a matter of fact, just turn back very quickly to the first chapter of the book of Colossians and you'll see something here. Without this exact knowledge of God, you can't walk worthy of the Lord. Verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the exact knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Under all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the exact, same word, exact knowledge of God. Exact knowledge of God. Think about this. Man was alienated from the life of God and his mind was darkened. He didn't have the knowledge of God. But now through Jesus, through the Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit and His transforming power, we can actually come into a place where we can have the exact knowledge, the exact revelation of the glory of God in our own individual lives. The Spirit would not even suggest that we have something that's unobtainable. It's obtainable in the life of the believer to have the exact full knowledge of God and His love. You think about that. What would we just hear tonight? You're going to have a greater understanding of my love from this night on. You know what? I take that by faith. If it wasn't meant for you and you didn't think it was meant for you, say, I take it by faith. What did Paul say in Ephesians 3? That you be rooted and grounded in love, able to comprehend with all saints the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, the endless boundaries of his love, to know, have absolute knowledge of the love of Christ. That passes this lesser form of knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What a statement. What a suggestion. And then you hear John saying in, in his first, well, in his, his uh, gospel, 116, of his fullness have we all received. And grace upon grace. Hallelujah. See? In other words, we can actually have a, such an image of Christ who is the express image of the Father, and look at that image in the Word, and the Holy Spirit will change you and me until we conform to that very image. What, to, what we have something to look forward to, friends? Walking even as He walked. Healing the sick like He healed them. Raising the dead like He healed them. Like He raised them. Doing the things that He did, we can do. He said, the works I did, ye shall do also, and greater works shall you do, because I'm going to the Father. And here's why. Well, we need to go on and find out how we do this. And, be, and, and, and I'm going to give you some spiritual exercises. You can start to write these things down. But as I go into it, I want to give you a, well, a foundation for a good mental attitude. Because I don't know if you're a bodybuilder or if you're a, a track 
star, if, if you're involved in baseball, whatever you're involved in, you know that it takes a good mental attitude to continue. Building up your body is, is, is work. It's not easy. It takes diligence. Getting ready for a football game takes a lot of work. There's more practice put into that than the game only lasts for five minutes, actually, playing time. But it takes you all kind of hours of practice. Most people quit before it's time. I used to go through double sessions. Oh, we used to dread them things. All day long, running with all that equipment. It's 90 degrees outside. Oh, dear Lord, dear Lord. And all that for what? You get out there in that game and you probably only play about five minutes. You think about it. I'm talking about actual playing time. And it's over. But all that effort you put into it. You've got to have a right mental attitude when you're going into things like that. And it's the same thing in the spiritual realm. You've got to have a right mental attitude about spiritual things or you're, you're, going, to, you know, you're going to get... Well, you're going to fall short. What are you going to do? You're going to get lazy spiritually. You're going to think that it's unobtainable. And we don't want that. We don't want you to think that. It is obtainable. We can walk as you walk. We can do what the Spirit suggests here and says we can be conformed to His very image. I be you believe you can? I believe I can. I believe I can. I believe I can. It takes the right diet. It takes the right mental attitude. It takes a lot of diligence. It takes a lot of effort. But I believe I can. Amen? Now, here's some things I want to get across to you to develop a right mental attitude. First of all, God is not a respecter of persons. He is not a respecter of persons. We all have the same righteousness. We all have the same redemption. We all have the same Word. We all have the same Holy Spirit. We all have the same standing with the Father. We all have access to the Father's great throne of love gifts and mercy. And we all hold a very special place in Father's heart. We all do. We all have a spirit. We all have a soul. We all live in a body. We're all the same. Our redemption's the same. The Father's attitude towards me is the same towards you. He's not a respecter of persons. We are all on an equal basis. We are equal heirs with Jesus Christ. Joint heirs. We are heirs of God. We all have the same measure of faith dealt to us when we're born again. We all have the same. Do you see that? We all start off the same when we're first born again. We have all this access to the power of God, to everything that He owns, and we start there. We're all individuals. He deals with us as individuals. He doesn't deal with me the same way He deals with you. He doesn't expect out of me what He expects out of you if, if you have talents in other areas that I don't. He doesn't expect me to stand up here and start singing some songs. Thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, as a soloist. You know, I don't mind leading a little bit. It took a lot of faith and prayer to do that, but I mean, you know. He doesn't expect me to do that. But He doesn't expect you to come up here and play this guitar either. Does He? You're an individual. Now, if you have the talent, maybe He wants you to. But, I, but if you don't have the talent, if you don't have the know-how, He doesn't expect you to get up there and do it, does He? You see what I mean? We're individuals. And as, in, as an individual, He is going to deal with me as an individual. Well, let's, let's find something here while I'm saying this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The Father doesn't expect you to be somebody else. 
He doesn't expect things of you that he expects of someone else. He doesn't expect me to act like the other ministers of our day. He doesn't expect me to, you know, have the same characteristics, the same traits, the same personality as the other ministers have. If he does, well, he's got a long wait because I'm, not, I'm just not that way. I have to be me. I am me. You know, I think God, he loves me as I am. I really do. You know what my prayer is, Father? I know that I have the ability to reach multitudes for Christ if you change me quickly so I conform to his very image. Because I don't want to offend a person. I want to be able to minister the gospel in such a way that everybody can receive it in love. I don't care if I... It doesn't mean you have to shout loud or it means you have to be soft. I just want to be me. But as I'm being me, I'm asking you to change me so that I can conform to the very image of Christ so that when I preach, maybe it's just like just Jesus is speaking right through my lips. And you can just actually just receive the love through the same words like Jesus when he spoke those precious words and says to the woman taken in adultery, where are your condemners? Where are they? And she said, they're not here, Lord. He says, does not one condemn you? No. Go thy way, neither do I. But sin no more. What love just came out of him? He didn't have to say it the way anybody else did. He said it the way he meant it. The same way the Father would say it as if the Father was speaking through his lips. And I want that same thing for my life. I just want to say it to you like it is from God's Word, leaving me out of the picture so I could just be changed like Paul said. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me anyhow. See? But if I have to think that I've got to be like this guy or I've got to be like that guy and I've got to use that mannerism and if he's loud, I've got to be loud and if he's soft, I've got to be soft. And there's a lot of people that are ruining their individual Christian walk because they think that God wants them to be like somebody else. And He doesn't want you to be like somebody else. He wants you to be you. He'll use you for who you are. Just the way you are. He'll take everything you have, all your talents, all your abilities, and use them. All He wants is your, your availability. Look at this, how the Spirit admonished us. Look, look at Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 12. Just to lay a foundation. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 12. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? See, he says. Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Well, the answer is No. Now, go to the third chapter. Verse 1. You ready for this? Notice this. This is so important in this series. And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as in the spiritual, but as in the carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you are not able to bear it, for yet neither yet now are ye able, for you are yet carnal. Now, remember we said that the carnal person was the one whose body was controlling his spirit through the unrenewed mind. Remember that? His body controls his spirit through the unrenewed mind. But the spiritual person is the one whose spirit is controlling his body through the, unrenewed, through the renewed mind. Okay? Look at the next, this latter part of this verse. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? What was the cause of the, the, the carnality, the strife, and the divisions, and all this? Here's what it was. Those are works of the flesh, aren't they? All right, now listen. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Paulus, are you not carnal? Well, I'm doing it like Paul does it, and I'm doing it like this one does it, and I, I just do it the way this, this. Are you not yet carnal? Where's Christ? But go on. Who 
is who that is Paul? Who is Apollos? The ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. The God's the one that's going to give the increase in your life. There's how you're go- that's how you're going to grow. I think, you know, I thank God. Now, now, hear me. I thank God for Kenneth Hagin's ministry. You know why? Because when I got saved, that's the first person I studied under. I got his teachings. I got the faith walking. I've had many miracles, and I thank God for what that man's life means. to what. I- but he is not my Lord. And I love him. I cannot live my life to be patterned after what Kenneth Hagin does. I live my life after what God has for me. And I'm just here to... Any way he wants to use me, I'm, I'm here to be used. But I'm not trying... You know what? That just takes all the pressure off. I'm not trying to pattern my life after somebody else. Here I am, Father. Use me. We can get so caught up in hearing about how God uses all other people that you think that he has to use me that way. He has to use, and we don't leave time for him to tell us how he wants to use us. See, he uses us. He uses our abilities as we make ourselves available to him. And he'll take everything I've got and use it if I'll let him. So he says here, God giveth the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth. But God, God's the one that's something that gives the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And everyone, every man shall receive of his own reward according to his own labor. So now, I wish I could go on through all this, but I don't have time to do it. But he said to watch how you build thereon. Now we're talking about bodybuilding. We're talking about building spiritual, spiritually, building up the spirit of man. He knows the right diet for you. He knows your characteristics. He knows your abilities. He, he knows your personality. He knows everything about you. And He, through the Spirit, will reveal to you what you need to grow up spiritually and what you should lean on and some things you should be you know, more involved in in your own personal life. And there's where we get guidance as God gives us the increase in our spiritual walk. And look at the latter part of this same chapter. Therefore, let no man glory in men. So like I said, I wish I could read through it all, but there's not time. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. You are Christ and Christ is God's. He's still not done, though. We break this up in chapter and verse. But listen, he was still talking about the fact that they were carnal because one was after Paul, one was after Apollos, one was after Cephas, and none of them was really after Christ. Christ got kind of got left out. Where's he at? Let's go on to the verse 6. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. Well, let's, let's back up to verse 5 and read that too. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of who? Not of men. And then he goes on to say, And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Paulus for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written. Don't think of someone more... Think of other men above that which we should be thinking. No man's going to glory in God's presence. He's still talking to these same people about the fact that they were patterning their lives after some other man. The way he does it. The way he believes. The way that one does it. The way this one believes. And I mean to tell you something, friends. I just thank God right now that I never patterned my life after how somebody else believed. It was always a one-on-one thing. Someone used to say to me, what, 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 do you, what do you do when you need to have counsel? What do you do when you need to have help? And I, have, I can honestly say this to you, beloved. There's, there's been, there was one time 
in my life. One time. And that was when I was at Ramah. And I mean, the, the, everything was falling down. That I had to go with my wife and we sat down with a counselor. We sat down. One time, I says, I go to the Father in the Word. I says, that's where my relationship's at. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go to a counselor. All I'm just saying is that I learned to lean heavy on Him. And I just thought that that's how everybody did it. That's the way it was. That I went to the Father and let Him lead me and guide me and my spirit as to how, what I should be doing in my life. But when I went there for some godly counsel, it, you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't, even, I didn't even have to sit there and talk with this individual counselor because calls were coming in as my wife and I were sitting there. And as the calls came in, this person was counseling with the Word. And I sat there and listened to the Word go forth. And a big smile came on my face and I said, that's it. I got it. Hallelujah. Then, of course, we sat there for a while and, and, and listened. It was just beautiful because all that person did was just said a few scriptures, said what the Word says, and I said, thank you. I, I know. I got it. I got it. Hallelujah. Just need to hear it. Just needed to hear it. Sometimes you just need to hear it. You know it, but sometimes you just need to hear it. Amen. So don't pattern your life after some other man or some other ministry or somebody else. You are an individual. God loves you. He's got things for you that you know not of. I mean, just wonderful things that He has for you in your own particular life, personal life. And as you follow His program for your particular life, there's where all the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ come. When I do what He wants me to do, no matter what, no matter what anybody else says, that's why Paul says, it's a small thing, I should be judged of you, because God is my judge. You can mock me, you can laugh at me, you can do what you want, I'm just doing what God said for me to do. Don't you remember Paul said, well, Jesus said to Paul, to Ananias, go tell Paul, uh, to come to me and, and, and tell him the, the things that he's going to have to suffer for my name's sake? These are things that Jesus said I have to tell Paul that he's going to do for me. And I thank God that Paul had to do it, not me. Because the things Paul had to do, I wouldn't want to do. Would you want to do? He did some things that were, wow. And suffered many, many things that we don't have to suffer. And I thank God for it. But I would do it. I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it. I would do it. But I just, you know, just like you, you think, don't you, don't you thank God you live in this country? We don't have all this, this persecution? Don't you thank God that we, can, we have the freedom to worship the Father in spirit and in truth without being persecuted? And whipped and throwing in jail and that sort of thing? Thank God for it. See? But he had something that Paul had to do. You know, he's got something for you. You are an individual. He has something for you to do in your own particular life. And all he wants you to do is do it. That's all. And that's what he wants me to do. So he loves us as individuals. He's got things for us to do as an individual. He doesn't want us to get off into these tangents that we start thinking, I've got to do it like this guy or like that guy or like somebody else. Just do it the way He leads you to do it in your particular life. He loves you where you're at and as you are. Now, I like that. Now, as an individual, your Father deals with you as an individual. He doesn't deal with you, with you like I said, as He would somebody else. You are a person. He loves you just as you are. He'll deal with you just as you are. Now, I know that in dealing with me, there are many things that He has asked me to do that I had to do. When I first began to walk with the Lord, I didn't realize what it would lead to or where I was going. But I did realize this, that when he spoke, I would do it no matter what it was, no matter where it led me, no matter where I would go. As a matter of fact, I want to share this part with you right now because I believe it will be helpful to many of you. Someone says, well, what if what God as an individual has for me to do leads me into another city or leads me into the fivefold ministry 
or doesn't lead me into a fivefold ministry. Not everybody's led to the fivefold ministry. How do I know and what do I do about it? I want you to know something. If God's the one that giveth the increase, if the Spirit of God is the one that leads and guides us, I am not then the one to lead and guide myself, am I? I am not responsible to lead and guide myself. I am only responsible to follow Him. Now, when I was told to go to Ramah, I took that step in my life and I went there. Someone said to me, what would you have done if the Lord never spoke to you to lead Ramah, Tulsa? You know what I said? I'd still be there. I would still be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, shoveling 20,000 pounds of rock a day, every day, unless I found another job. But I would still be there, going to church at Ramah Bible Training Center, being a Christian. That's all. That's what I would be doing right now, today. It's not up to me to be led and guided, or lead and guide myself. It's up to Him to lead and to guide me. And if he never spoke to me to come down here, I'd never be here. I'd still be in Southside Christian Assembly Church where he spoke to me to be last. I'd still be there working with the youth group. I wouldn't go any further. It's not. See, some people try to make it themselves. They try to get out there and do it themselves. But that's not being directed and guided to the Lord. What he wants us to do is to follow his leading and his guidance. Now, I'd still be there right now. I would be there. He deals with me as an individual. He sees my abilities, my talents. He sees what I have and what, what he can do with them. And he says, now, he directs me and says, now, you go and do this and you go and do that. And I say, yes, sir. I will do that. Some people, they get to where God's will is and that's exactly where he wants them to be. But then they're trying to get out of it. They figure that God's got to be having something else for them. Someone said to me, well, how long do you think you're going to stay at that church? Where are you going to go? I'm not moving until God speaks to me. I'm not going anywhere. I didn't, I didn't tell me to come here. Do you see what I'm saying? I didn't tell me to come here. I just came because he told me to come here. I'm following. He's the guy. He leads me. I, I follow him. And so, as an individual, I do what he tells me to do. And as an individual, you do what he tells you to do. What if he don't tell me to do anything? Well, I'd say, in, in one respect, you can say, thank you. That means you can stay home where you're at. Don't have to leave your family. Don't have to go to another state. Stay where you're at. Be a Christian. Support the ministry. Support of ministries is very important. Go to church, pay your tithes, do, just, just follow Him. Walk in the same power that anybody else walks in, but just go ahead and just be, you know, be yourself. I'm, I'm going to preach a lesson, I believe, on that, just being yourself. Just be yourself. Just be who you are. Take care of your kids. Raise up your family. Have a wonderful time. Hallelujah. Rejoice in God. Worship Him. Say, the Father loves me just the way I am, just who I am. But there's something, there's something that He wants you to do, and I, I'm going to get into that. Turn to Romans chapter 8. You know there was only one Paul? You know there was only one Enoch? You know there was only one Abraham? There was only one Elijah? There was only one Elisha? There was only one Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Shadrach, Meshach, one Abednego? Only one. Did you know that? You know there's only one you? You know there's only one me? See? Don't try to be like Elijah or Elisha or Moses or Abraham or Jerry Savelle or Ken Stewart or Fred Price or Norbert Hayes, T.L. Osborne. There's only one of them. But I'll tell you what, he can do the same thing he does through them through me. 
if I be me, if I be myself, if I be an individual. And He wants to do that through all of us, right where we live, right where we're at. And He will if we'll realize that He deals with us as an individual and He loves us just as we are. Here's something that you have to do. This is something you cannot avoid and it's so important. In Romans chapter 8, we'll begin reading at verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Underline that. Circle it. This is something we are indebted to do. We are debtors. This is Romans 8, verse 12. This is something I cannot avoid. I cannot avoid this in my life. I am a debtor. Anybody here have a note? You, you have a mortgage on your home? You're, you, you have debt then, don't you? You have to pay that note? Don't you have to meet that payment? Aren't you required to? Well, you're a debtor. Everyone. Whether you're fivefold ministry, no matter who you are, where you are, where you're going, everybody is a debtor to do this. We are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit, that's the human spirit, that's the recreated human spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. If you, through the Spirit, that's the recreated human spirit, mortify the deeds of the body, you, or the flesh, you shall live. What's he saying here? I'm a debtor. I'm indebted to do this. Now, I began to ponder that, and the Spirit quickened to me just like this and said, now read verse 14. Now read verse 14. Okay, I said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sometimes I think we have a tendency to read these two scriptures, stop right there, or read the 14th verse and stop, just read it, and say it doesn't have anything to do with verse 12 and 13. You ready for this? You know, the Holy Spirit led me into all truth when I first got saved. Doesn't the Bible say that He leads you and guides you in all truth? He led me into healing, into baptism of the Holy Spirit. He led me into, you know, prosperity. He led me into faith. He led me. Well, now, I said, now, why is that verse 14 there after verse 12 and 13? We're talking about God's leading and guidance. How's He going to lead me? What's He going to... Here, He's saying this. The Father, if you're being sensitive to the Spirit, the Father's going to lead you by His Spirit into this truth. That you're a debtor. See? You're a debtor. To what? Not to the flesh. To live after the flesh. We are debtors to live after the Spirit. And through the Spirit, we're to mortify the deeds of the flesh. And if you be led by the Spirit of God, he's saying, you'll do it. So the Holy Spirit is leading us. He's going to guide you into this truth. That the primary thing in the life of every born-again believer is that he, through the Spirit, mortifies the deeds of his body, of his flesh. And that's enough for anybody to do. <laughs> Amen? Sure it is. But now when you get something else tacked onto that, like going to the ministry, well, those are other things also you have responsibilities. But they do not sidetrack you from this main highway in the course of your life. And I think we're going to write that down as a golden nugget. Spiritual growth and development is the main highway to the course of every believer's life. It's the main highway. There's a lot of Things to do along the way. 
But everything the Father asks you to do or tells you to do or leads you to do, it doesn't matter what it is, it does not sidetrack you from the main highway. I'm not exempt from growing up spiritually just because I'm a minister or in the ministry. Do you see what I'm saying? And just because you're in that singing group and you're worshiping God with your voice does not mean you're exempt from growing up spiritually. And just because Brother Dan's back there taping the, you know, the uh, message here tonight doesn't mean he's exempt from growing up spiritually. And just because uh, Rose and Patty here, they're, they're playing on the instruments, doesn't mean they're exempt from growing up spiritually. That may be something that they're doing in their Christian walk, but the main highway of their life is to grow up and develop and cultivate this intimate relationship with the Father until you are changed from glory to glory, until while they're sitting at that instrument, their faces begin to glow. Hallelujah. I don't know, sister, because she may lift up her hands and still play one one of these days. (laughs) It'd be the glory, amen? But do you see what the mainstream is? See, he's even provide, made provisions for us along the, you know, life's journey. He's made provision for my success. He's pr- made provision for my well-being, for my health and my healing. He's made provisions for my protection, for my care, and for his love for me. All these provisions have already been made for me. I thank God for them. See, and as I'm going through life's highway, I let that be the helmet of my salvation, that I am to grow up in him I am to be conformed to His image. And no matter what I do along the way, there's provision for every area of my life, no matter what I have to do. But I can't let being a pastor stop me from growing up spiritually. See, the devil would like to do that to make you too busy that you don't grow up. And that's what happens in the lives of a lot of ministers. They get too busy to grow up spiritually. But I'm not doing that. I'm growing up spiritually. You see what I'm saying? And you can get sidetracked and do that. Well, I'm the usher now. Now you don't have to grow up spiritually because you go to church. But see, that's not what God wants. No matter what you're told to do, that doesn't exempt you from growing up spiritually. Okay, now. Let's look at uh, two more scriptures and then we'll get right into what I want to talk about. <laughs> I've been trying to get into these, these here for a long time. I'm going to get into one of them. I'm going to give one spiritual exercise tonight. You agree with me? Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4. I want you to see this. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, aren't they? Are you just man? Are you a righteous man? Are you a good man? Your steps are ordered of the Lord, not of some other minister or ministry. And it's too easy for us to be swayed by men. Do you see what I'm saying? Get your counsel from God. I want you to note this verse, 418, Proverbs 4, verse 18. This scripture says... That the path of the just is as the shining light. And it doesn't say that it gets darker and darker, but it shineth more and more into the perfect day. But I see there's a lot of people in their Christian endeavor and Christian walk, they're on that highway, but all of a sudden it's getting darker and darker. I don't know what God wants me to do next. Because they think God has to speak to them to do something. Listen, if God's not speaking, don't do anything. Sit back and say, praise God, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to just just be a Christian. Just grow up spiritually. Just continue to grow. See, I don't do anything he doesn't tell me to do. If if he doesn't tell me to go over here and do this, I'm not going to do it. Now, if he tells me, I have directions from his word. I'm talking about my life. I'm not going to go next week and pastor a church down in Ohio somewhere. 
My heart's desire was when I came back was to start a church up where Youngstown, where I lived. I had, uh, I had enough people to start a church up where I lived. If I'd have gone by the flesh, see, that's why I'm a debtor not to the flesh, I'm a debtor to the spirit. If I'd have gone by the flesh, someone has said, let's, let's do it. We've got enough members right now. Let's start one right now. I said, uh, that doesn't sit right in my spirit. I can't do it. said, why? If there's enough members, we can get it going. Let's rent a building. We can start it right now. You know the people would love, love to have it. and you get a lot. I says, I just don't have it in my spirit. See, I've got a, I'm a debtor to the Spirit. I'm a debtor through the Spirit to mortify the deeds, the lusts of the flesh. And if God doesn't say to do it, I don't do it. I, I'm in His will by not doing it. So don't try to look for something to do when you know that all you've got to do is God's Word. Just be a Christian where you're at. Don't look for something. Don't try to be somebody else. And if He's not speaking to you to do something, then praise God, there's nothing extra for you to do. Just go ahead and just do what you can do. What you, do what your hand finds to do. And your way will get brighter and brighter into the perfect day. I guarantee you your way will get brighter and brighter. That's exactly what happened on the road of the highway of my life. My path got brighter and brighter, got brighter and brighter, brighter. I didn't know I was going to be in the ministry. I just knew to go to school. I got to school. They said, what are you going to do from here? Nothing. Where are you going to go? Nowhere. Well, why are you here? I don't know. Went to school. How'd you do? Did great. Did great. Amen. Got all A's, only one B the whole time. <laughs> Did great. Just I graduated. Praise God. Hallelujah. What are you going to do now? Well, God said to go, so I'm going to go back now. But if He didn't say to go, I'd still be there right now. Do you see what I'm trying to get across to you? Don't do anything. Just praise God that you're not doing anything. Just being yourself. Just, just praising God where you, where you worship and supporting the ministry and hallelujah, praise God. All of Israel wasn't... Moses was the leader, but bless God, everybody else over there, they, what, what did they do? They just had to be supportive, didn't they? And of course, they, when they didn't get the support, look what, look what happened to the ministry. Amen. So... Here, we see that our lives should be. And here's one more scripture I'm going to give you. Proverbs 12, 20, 12, 28 says, In the pathway of the righteous is life, and the ends thereof there is no death. Now, if you'll stay on God's pathway, highway for your life, if you'll just do what God told you to do, if you'll just stay there and just listen to what He has for you to do, and just continue to grow up spiritually, you're on the same pathway, the pathway of righteousness, then bless God on the pathway of your life will be only life, and there won't be any death. Now, that's a hallelujah time to me. There's where you get all the rich blessings of God, is by staying on the pathway of what He has in my life. I stay on that highway. Amen. Now, step number one. Step number one. First exercise, spiritual exercise, in developing our human spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's sum all it up by saying this, that God loves you. He knows where you live. He knows the abilities you have. He knows the talents that you have. He knows your possibilities. We all have the same possibilities. All things are possible to him that believeth. He knows what you can do. He knows what he wants you to do. And all he wants you to do is sit back and know that he loves you. And unless he speaks to you to do something out of the extraordinary, to do something different, just stay where you're at and do it. Be the Christian. Support the ministry. Love the Father. Develop your relationship with Him. And be changed from glory to glory. Just be changed. Just be changed. You'll radiate with His presence. Your life will be transfigured before you. There's no effort in this. There's no work in this. It's just a resting in Him. Sit back and cast the load of the care on Him. He cares for you. And say, Father, here I am. Now I'm going to start today, number one. I'm going to start right now, number one. 
Number one exercise for the believer. And I say this. I know it's, I'm led to put it first. I'm going to put it first. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. I'm going to put it first. Because I don't believe, I'm not, first of all, I believe it's, it's the full gospel. I believe in the full gospel. Number one exercise is to pray with other tongues. What is it? Change how often? Day by what? In other words, don't overextend yourself. Don't put six hours in tongues in one day and then, then you get so caught up that you think that, that now I've got to do this every day and you can't fit it in your schedule. How many of you ever tried that? If you just try to go as mad as long as you can, three hours, four hours at one time, and all of a sudden you, you find out you couldn't keep up that schedule. You couldn't keep that up in, in your schedule. God knows you, knows where you live. He, I'm talking about isolated prayer. You can pray in tongues all day long. I'm talking about in isolated. You know, I should spend an hour or two hours in tongues right now, today. Well, praise God if you can. And, and praise God. Some, some maybe, some of you don't have little children. Some of you, you know, maybe you have a lot of quiet time. Maybe you're not married. You know, maybe you don't have other responsibilities. You can do a lot more in these areas. But if your time is divided and you've got other things that, you, that, that are vital necessities to do in your life, responsibilities in life, then you've got to, take, you've got to tend to those things. And it, may, it may take, you know, every fiber of your being to get the job done. So then what you'll do is you'll still not... It doesn't mean you're going to be discouraged. You're just going to make sure that you have a schedule, a time allotted to do all these things. If it means only 15 minutes here... 15 minutes with tongues, 15 minutes in, in the Word, meditating, this, whatever it is, you're going to find time daily to do some, some of the things that need to be done. First exercise is, and the reason why I brought this out first, is because everything else is going to be evolved around the Word. All the other exercises will be with the Word. But the thing you need to know about the Word is that the Word is not mental or physical, the Word is spirit. We are ministers of the, not the letter, but of the spirit of this New Testament. The spirit of the word. Jesus said, my words are spirit, they are life. It's the spirit that quickeneth, not the flesh. It's the spirit that has life, not the flesh. And my words are spirit, and they are life. And so, I want, you to, I want to get across that it's the Holy Spirit that reveals to us the word. It's the Holy Spirit that quickens the word in us. It's the Holy Spirit that does the change in us. And so, the first exercise should be... Daily, praying in the Spirit. Praying with other tongues. Alright? And I'm not talking about this, this wildfire stuff that people try to get up, put on Pentecostals. I'm talking about an accurate play, praying in other tongues. Not wild thing. Now, look, look at this, this scripture here. It says here, if I, For if I pray with an unknown, in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. My spirit prayeth. But... My understanding is unfruitful. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. In the Amplified, it says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prayeth. Now, let's stop again. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God does the change. He does all the work. When I pray in the Spirit, my spirit is in vital contact with the Holy Spirit. When I pray with other tongues, in other tongues, I am making contact with the Holy Spirit. Now, I need to know that. My spirit is active. It is praying. It's doing some exercise. I'll prove that it's exercise. Go to, go to the first, second verse of the same chapter. Second verse of the same chapter. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit... He speaketh mysteries. My spirit is in vital contact 
with the Holy Spirit. I am speaking secrets unto the Father. My spirit is speaking. My spirit is exercising. My mind is unfruitful, but my spirit is speaking. That's an exercise. Now look at verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Are you ready for this definition? Instructs, build up, and teach. It means to instruct, to build up, and teach himself, his spirit. Now, remember we said that these things are developed by what? By faith. You better believe it's got to be by faith because I don't know a word I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying, but my spirit is being built up. What does a weightlifter do? He builds himself up. But my spirit is being taught. What's it being taught? The word. What man knoweth the things of a man say the spirit of man which is in him, and even the things of the, of the spirit of God knoweth no man, but the spirit which is of God, he teaches us the things which be of God. So he's teaching my spirit, building up my spirit. That word edify means to build up myself. And instruct myself. So the more I pray with other tongues, I exercise my human spirit to be in vital contact with the Holy Spirit. Charge myself up. What do I charge myself up with? I'm glad you asked. Jude 20 and 21. Here's what we do. We build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Note this now. Jude 20 and 21. Build yourself up. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, builds himself up. Now here he said, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. One of the forces of the recreated human spirit that's imparted to the spirit is the force of faith. I build myself up on this most holy faith. Now listen. Galatians said that in Christ Jesus... Faith working by love is what matters, right? Faith worketh by love. In praying in the Holy Ghost, I build myself up on my most holy faith. And verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. One exercise, the exercise of praying in the Holy Ghost, will work to edify, to charge me up, to build me up on what? On my most holy faith, to keep me in the love of God, to instruct me and to teach me. You say, I prayed in tongues and didn't get that. Well, it's done by faith. If you didn't get it, you don't believe in it. It's done by what? By faith. See, my words are spirit and they are alive. And your natural mind is not going to understand the things of God. But the spirit will. Spiritual things are discerned spiritually in the human spirit. And as I pray in the Holy Ghost... Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.